Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where you'll get the tools you need to master your money, marketing, and your motivation. I'm your host, Haley Luckadoo, the money and marketing coach, motivational speaker, and huge Dr. Pepper lover who is on a mission to connect you with women who are incredible at what they do with the hope that you will leave inspired, educated, and motivated to create the life that sets your soul on fire. Welcome back, Females on Fire. Before we dive into another great episode, I'm excited to tell you about this week's show sponsor, The Money and Marketing Catalyst. It's my signature 12-week group program for entrepreneurs and small business owners who are ready to go from stuck to scaling. MMC, as we so affectionately call it, focuses on using my four-step core framework to find and fill the gaps in your sales and marketing processes and acts as the catalyst for leveling up your revenue and your content. If you're sick of constantly brainstorming new ways to make your revenue goals or tired of being on the hamster wheel of creating content that doesn't convert into sales, then this program was made for you because it is the only program of its kind that digs into both your business finances and sales processes, and your marketing and social media strategies. Enrollment may not be open right now, but you can get on the wait list to save your spot for the next round. Just head over to applymmc.com to fill out a commitment-free application so our team can determine if the program is the right fit for you and give you more information. Don't spend three more months banging your head on your desk and asking yourself why your hard work isn't paying off. This program will sell out when enrollment opens. So take the first step to making a change by getting yourself on the wait list and applying for the Money and Marketing Catalyst today. Again, head over to applymmc.com to put in your application and get more details so you can start scaling the business you love and have the life you want to live. Welcome back, Females on Fire. We've got another amazing episode for you today. I've got a really great guest and I'm super excited because I think this episode is going to be one of those ones that's just very motivational, inspirational, just really feel good, uplifting kind of stuff. And I'm so pumped to bring it to you today. I am talking with Talia Toha and Talia is a CEO and strategist for anyone feeling like they are too small or not enough. She's also a former architect, an outdoor adventurer, a Princeton grad, way to go Talia, and an author with Entrepreneur Magazine. She's been featured on Business Insider, right next to Elon Musk, on the Huffington Post, on Reader's Digest, tons of podcasts. She's just been everywhere. The girl knows her stuff, knows what she's talking about, and is just super inspiring, which is why I'm really excited to have her on the show. We're going to be talking all about this concept of why not me. And you guys know, if you listen to the show, this is something that I have kind of talked about a lot, that whole like, well, what if I could do this? What if I could do that? Why not me? 
idea and topic. And that is what me and Talia are going to be talking about today. And Talia brought a really great perspective and some serious insight into this conversation and this idea that we can literally do anything that we put our minds to. So I'm super excited. I hope that you get tons of inspiration out of this episode, but let's go ahead and dive in so you can meet Talia. Hi, Talia. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited about this, Haley. I'm excited. I told you before, this is a topic that I do talk about a little bit. And so I'm really excited just to get a different perspective and just some new insight on this for our audience. But before we get into all of that, can you tell everybody just a little bit about you and who you are, how you got into business and what that journey has looked like for you? Yeah, this is kind of the big question, right? And I actually, it's so funny because there's so many different aspects of me that I can kind of share. But the short of it is really that I'm, I mean, I came to the States lot years ago as an immigrant, right, as a teenager. So that's a whole other story. And uh, over the course of the years, though, I've kind of discovered multiple passions, right? Like I started in architecture and then I start working with these giant retailers, like um, uh, big brands, right? Um, and then just kind of throughout the course of the years, though, I really discovered that there are certain things that really upset me. One of which was when I have to see, and I've encountered so many different people who had this experience, um, where you basically see someone you care about, you love, maybe a friend or somebody that you, your, your family perhaps, and they're so good at what they do. And yet when it comes time to putting everything together, things kind of fall apart, right? You, you, I'm sure you have somebody in your life who's like that. Oh, yeah. And it's just the most like heart-wrenching uh, thing to see. Like you want, the, you're rooting for them. You want them so badly to do so well. And I have a number of people in my life who's like that. They're so good at their craft. Uh, but when it comes time to, you know, putting the business together, earning and all these things, it just was not jiving, right? And it kind of, I always say this, it kind of looks like it's its almost like you're watching your favorite movie and your favorite character dies this unnecessary death, right? Like, and you're just kind of <laughs> like, what? You know, why is that? Yeah. Um, so unnecessary. And I don't know if you're a Game of, of Thrones fan, but this is, this is a pain point for sure for me. Um, and, uh, so the ending really, really mattered to me. Like, I just don't like seeing people who are so good give up. Right. And so just over the course of the years, um, different people start asking me like little questions here and there about how they can grow. How can they earn, how can they earn on the side? And I happen to have at that time, I was already kind of working with uh, corporate, right? I was working with companies and all these. So I didn't have time to, to give to these amazing people. And it wasn't until literally this past year, of course, when the, the pandemic blew up and all the signs are just kind of pointing towards, okay, you, you should probably do something about this, right? And that's literally how I kind of decided, okay, you know what? We have to do something about this. And, um, and also it's another thing that, my kids have always been a huge proponent of having those quality times together. And I just couldn't have that, you know, in that previous life. And um, I remember this is something that I'm sure all, all the new moms or, you know, uh, experienced moms can relate to. 
I remember once one of my kiddo came in and was like, mommy, why are you working so much? And I thought it was interesting that she asked me that question because I was like, am I working so like, I didn't even realize at that wow. point that I was working so much. And, um, and so that was kind of the, the paradigm shift when I was like, okay, we really have to, to change things up. And that's how I essentially started this whole online, becoming more present online, helping other people this year. I love that. I love that you're, and I feel like I say this a lot on the show, so maybe it sounds repetitive for our listeners, but I love that your business was kind of born out of a need that you saw that you could fill because I think that's a lot of us, right? Like we saw, you know, something in the industry that we're so passionate about or something with family or friends. And we knew that we could make a difference an impact in those people's lives. And that's how the business was born. And I think that's a lot of us. So I think that, I just think that's cool. Yeah. And this is something, I mean, you do this too. And a handful of other uh, people that I know do this too, is just that just because we know certain things and it's obvious to us, it doesn't mean that it's obvious to other people. Right. And I hear this all the time. Like some people come to me and be like, well, but that's so obvious. Like that seems like I, why would I charge for that? And I'm like, well, to you, it makes sense because you, that's right under your nose and you're, you're in that world. But for other people, it doesn't always make sense. And when you present it to them, they're like, yeah, for sure. You know, that makes sense. So I totally agree with you on that for sure. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. So, you know, if you haven't learned it yet, then you don't know. Somebody's got to teach you. So why not us? Which is a great little segue into what we're going to talk about that, that idea of, you know, why not me? Uh, and like I said, this is something that I've kind of touched on a lot, both on the show and just, you know, with my clients and platforms and things. And so I'm really excited just to hear kind of your perspective on this, because I know, especially as entrepreneurs, as women, especially it's really, really easy for us to, you know, be scrolling Instagram or, or on social media and see the inevitable overnight success. And as I yeah. say that, I put it in quotations because we all know it's, it's not real. And yeah. we know that we know it's not really an overnight success, but we feel that, that little twinge, that little, you know, pain in our stomach, like, why can't that be me? Why can't it be that easy? Why can't I have that many clients or that much money or do this thing or whatever? So what, what's your advice there? First of all, let's start there with what's your advice for the woman who is scrolling and she sees, you know, her friend or her colleague or that mentor that she really looks up to. And it just seems so easy for them and so hard for her. Yeah. And I love this is, I mean, you and I have this shared passion for this topic. And I think this is something that, first of all, before we even go to, okay, how can we keep this issue, if at all, at bay, uh, probably good to kind of chat about, okay, well, where is this coming from, right? And why do we keep feeling this way? And I think what's interesting was that throughout the course of just even my life or even personally as well, you do kind of have different seasons of life where you realize that, oh my goodness, that's all, that seems to be a continuation, right? The feeling of, okay, that other person is doing so much better, right? Or this other person somehow can get so success so much faster. And I mean, even back at school, right? Let's take it back to college days. Like you always see, there's always like a friend who's 
better or smarter or whatever. And then as you get into the career, like the professional realm, you're looking at people who are a number of years ahead of you and you're like, well, I want that. I really want that. Right. And what I realize is that even now as entrepreneurs, you, even the most secure entrepreneurs or business owners, or even people who are just inspirational, you do hear stories. If you research deeply, you do hear stories about how they themselves always have this level of insecurity. And I always say that, well, maybe the, the, the perspective is to find security or to be secure in being insecure, right? It's kind of like the being comfortable with, un, with discomfort kind of thing, because you hear stories about how I was just listening to um, Simon Sinek talking to his worthy rival, Adam Grant, and they, at the top of their game, these are giants in their own rights. They themselves feel like there's, there's still room to improve, right? And I think, and I've talked about this in another podcast, where I think it might be because we kind of like presently, we're at this intersection, right? We're kind of in this, in that middle part of the Venn diagram where you're a product of all the things that you've done, but you're also presently a function of all the things that you will become, Mm -hmm. right? So you kind of constantly feel pulled by, oh, these are the things that I've done. These are the things that I still want to do. And you kind of always feel, why not me, right? You kind of always have that, that feeling. And I don't think necessarily we, it might be a disservice if we consistently blame it on, okay, Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Those are just tools, right? And um, I think what we might want to realize is, well, actually, those things are based on, based on kind of I guess, construct, if you will, right? So that we get to push our limits further. And it actually can be good if we target it the right way, target the energy the right way. So I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing that we want what other people are having, but it's a matter of, okay, what do you do with it? That That is a determining factor, right? Afterwards. Absolutely. So I, I always say that, <laughs> You know, and I was talking to some other um, gal in in another podcast where we were talking about how I think when you look at someone else's success, it is it's us looking at maybe ten days worth of their work or ten years worth of their work, right? I mean, I'm sure you know you and a handful of your listeners, all of us know this in theory, but it, it takes that constant reminder of you know what this is actually something that is not necessarily bad. We just have to know how to control it in our own headspace. Absolutely. Yeah. That reminds me of, it's been a long time ago, but I saw a, a post from a guy and I wish I could remember who it was, but I can't. Um, but he was like, it took me, um, like five years, 117 days, 36 hours and 12 minutes to become an overnight success. Right. And it was like, you know, and I probably didn't get the numbers right, but the way you read it, it was like, you know, wow, like that, it just goes to show you, like, we really are every time we see somebody that we think is an overnight success, we really are only seeing the highlight reel versus yes. what's actually real versus the actual real work and years of effort that they had to put in to get there. And especially when we look at people and we go, oh, why is it so easy for them 
you don't know what they had to overcome for it to look easy. And even with simple things, you know, I know I'm a pretty introverted person actually, and I don't really necessarily seem like it all the time, but I get like really terrible social anxiety. And so it's funny, you know, scrolling through, I've actually had people send me messages or comment on it. And they're like, Oh, you have such a bubbly personality, or I love your energy or, Oh, you were so great when you spoke on stage, but they don't know. They don't know what it takes for me to have a one-on-one conversation with somebody. It's really hard for me because I get that social anxiety. And so it's, you never know what's under the surface. And I think it's so important for us to remember that. And I'm like you, I don't necessarily think it's bad for us to, you know, see somebody else accomplish something that we kind of want it and go, I want that, but it is how you use it. It's okay. Are you looking at it from the perspective of, I want that. Why can't that be me? Why don't I have that? I work hard too. Or are you looking at it from the perspective of, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Like, you know, I, I think it's about the way you say, why not me? Are you saying it like, why not me? Why hasn't that worked out for me? Or why not me? Why couldn't it be me to go do this thing? Yeah, I absolutely agree 100% with what you said. And I love that you kind of emphasize that that question with the, okay, well, this is not real. This is, what do you do with it, right? Going back to what we were just talking about, because what I found in a lot of the success stories that you see is that, yes, everybody feels this way, right? Like we were, we were just saying small or big. And I love talking about people feeling like they're not enough, that they're small, which surprisingly happens whether you're a small name or a big name, yeah. <laughs> like that happens. Nice. Um, and again, it's so true that, that you do hear all of these amazing um, heroes have heroes themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good. I think it's good for the collective, all of us together this is the reason why we're kind of at the top of the food chain. If you really want to go down to the nitty and gritty, there's that, that reason because we kind of push each other to become better at what we do. And I always say that the way we could do that is really just to focus on really just the small steps towards the big leaps. I think people always go, Oh, you know, I just want that. And then they're like, I'm not going to bother doing these hundreds of steps towards it. Right. And, um, and it's so true. I was reading and I can't remember who this was from, but it was about how basically the road to a fulfilling life and a meaningful life, a successful life, one that you're proud to look back on is essentially one where you focus on, it's kind of like tight roping, uh, tight walking. Is it tight roping or tight walking? Uh, tight roping, right? Yeah, where you kind of try to bridge a huge drop and and um, basically between like maybe two cliffs or something, there's a rope, right? And then you kind of walk across and people uh, balance on it and get to the other side. And the analogy is that if you kind of just focus on getting there, you're likely to take a misstep the next step and you're right. going to fall to your death. But if you kind of focus on the process, on the step that you love, uh, on those small steps, ironically, and maybe paradoxically even, you'll get to that big step. But those people who focus only on the big uh, changes and accomplishments and milestones um, tend to kind of flail. And then, um, you know, they're not going to be around in two, three years, business-wise or whatever, career-wise, right? So it's just kind of being able to 
walk that balance and constantly daily even I still remind myself daily is the small steps that matter because if you kind of invest in the small steps those are the foundations that build um, your business in years to come yes you can get there faster yes but then the the basics will be crumbly and then you might break you might die you know uh, figuratively of course so I think that's something that we kind of all um, always need reminder of is, is just the importance of those small steps towards big leaps. Yeah. And I think too, you know, for a lot of people and especially a lot of entrepreneurs, I think a lot of time we set our sights on a goal that maybe even not necessarily a goal we saw someone else achieve, but a goal that we think we want and we're not even a hundred percent sure why we want it. And if you're focused on that big goal and you don't really have a lot of why behind it, you don't really have a, a really deep integrated passion for that goal, it's going to be really easy to burn out on the way there because you've got your eye on the finish line and you aren't invested in the race. But I think a lot of us can attest to the fact that sometimes we set our eye on the goal and then if we're focusing on the small steps and we're saying, okay, you know, this is what I got to do just to get to the next step, the next level to get a little closer to that goal. A lot of the time we get halfway there or a third of the way there and we go, Ooh, you know what? I don't want that goal anymore. I just figured out that's not the goal I really needed. This is, and now we've set a new goal, but we're already part of the way there. And I think that's what entrepreneurship has looked like for a lot of us. I know it's what it looked like for me. And so I think when you are focused on that end goal and you're not focused on those small steps, like you were saying, it's really, really easy to get burnt out and feel like you're not making progress. And at some point you do start to ask yourself, okay, why do I even really want this? How bad do I want this? And it's really easy to call it quits. And I think those are when you see business owners, like you said, kind of flailing and, and really faltering out in two or three years. And it's the ones who have made the pivots. They've made the adjustments. They've, you know, reset their goals over and over and over again that ultimately end up lasting. And yeah, it took them a while to actually finally hit the, the goal that they wanted. But when they did, they had a story that they can tell. They, they have all of the experience of taking those small steps and overcoming those obstacles to get there. Yeah, there's three, three parts to what you're just saying, right? Like this is, this is something that I love uh, to think about, even just on my time off. I constantly think about this. And I think the reason is because, um, you know, to your point, there's three things going on here about the goal and feeling like, oh, I want to change my goal. I don't like that anymore. I want this. It's, um, beyond the why, right? Beyond the things that you love and investing in, in the small steps. I think one of the things that's happening, of course, is that we evolve, right? Yeah. We evolve throughout the course of the years as we're approaching that goal. So, um, and this is true in any stage of our life, career, everything, right? Business, everything. So if it takes us like a year, even from, from like, point zero to year one, you've kind of had like a different perspective, story, life experience, everything, right? So the goal, just that goal itself independently is no longer satisfying, right? And you hear the stories all the time. It's not just people in entrepreneurship. I think it's true for every domain 
where, um, you know, you hear things like Michael Phelps, who's of course this Olympian world champion, everything. And then once he reached and even surpassed his goals, you know, he kind of went into a bit of depression and it's because that goal is no longer, you're now bigger than the goal. Mm -hmm. So you've evolved. And then the second thing that's happening, the goal and everything around that goal that you thought was going to going to happen for you has also changed right yeah. so both things have moved in the timeline in the spectrum of timeline where the goal now is no longer um you know the perks around that goal is no longer true right if you're into business because you're like oh i want to i don't know go on vacation for six weeks or whatever like now that kind of goal doesn't really quite make sense anymore if, if you're talking about the pandemic for instance right just going granularly here so like two things have moved so really one of the solutions to this is basically to be able to look at things from the perspective of outcome or ownership now if you can own the process and the ownership of the process of your own process and the outcome doesn't matter, right? Yes, of course, those are great. The money's great. You know, the perks are great. Vacations, all those, of course, those all will follow. But if you can be happy and fulfilled and just doing what you're doing, that's amazing, right? And you see all of these, um, there's not many examples. And I think this is probably the, the issue why this always becomes a problem is because there's really not many examples out there in public figures where people do really, really savor what the, the day in and day out, right? And, um, but there are a couple, I think even if you're just talking from a kind of uh, a common example, let's just take, I, I know, oh, Daniel Radcliffe, who of course is the great um, actor for Harry Potter. He, I read an interview once where he says that everybody goes into Hollywood because they love movies and everything around the movies, the fame, right? The, the money and all of these things. But he got into movies because, well, first of all, he didn't really have that concept grasp, right? He was so young. But mostly because he said, he said this, he said that he actually enjoyed, like he gets energy going into studios right? And if we can kind of imagine studios, it's like this warehouse, it's cold. Sometimes it, it involves waking up at four o'clock in the morning, do your hair and makeup, but he actually enjoys that, you know, that stuff. So you see kind of, there's a difference between lists and legacies and you're kind of, you have to approach things predominantly from the legacy standpoint. Like, is this really something that I care to do 10, 20, 30 years from now, even if that thing changes, even if I change. Right. Um, and so, but those people who approach things from like, Oh, these are my list of to do's. Of course, those are important from, from like a microscopic standpoint, if you want to finish things. But when you kind of take a, a macro level look 30,000 feet above bird's eye view, that's really what, what matters, right? Can you really enjoy the small processes? And if it's not, then that might not be for you, you know, pick something that you care to, to do day in and day out so that you actually can get those big leaps. Yeah. If you don't love the process, you may not get to love the outcome, right? I mean, exactly. If, if you don't learn to love going into the studio at four o'clock in the morning and freezing and having to be there till you know, 11 o'clock at night yes. working, you know, and not getting a lunch break and having to run the same scene a million. Like if you don't love that part, 
then you may not get to love the movie and the fame and the money that all comes with it, right? Like you've got to learn to love the process. And I think as entrepreneurs, especially, I think so many people go into entrepreneurship because they're sick of their corporate job, right? Or they found out that there's not a cap on the money they can make, you know, that they're not having to ask for a raise on their salary. They can go make extra income whenever they want because they have that freedom or they want the time freedom to spend with their kids, spend with their family, do whatever. And so those are the reasons they go into entrepreneurship. And while those are great, while those are perfectly acceptable reasons to want to be an entrepreneur, I think a lot of people miss the part where you also have to love figuring out how to be productive working from home instead of watching Netflix. You have to love, you know, learning all of these new tools and, and, uh, resources and all of these platforms that we use. And you don't have somebody to necessarily teach you. You've got to go figure it out yourself and Google it yourself and all this, like, you've got to love that part. And, and this is literally why I'm in the business that I'm in. I started wedding planning out of sheer desperation and fell in love with marketing and fell in love with motivational speaking and fell in love with all of these things that I do now. And that's how I got here. And most of like really big, you know, those people we really look up to the big mentors of entrepreneurship, they'll tell you the same thing. They'll tell you, I loved the hard stuff. I loved the, the little details that most people get too hung up on and don't care about. So I really, I believe that everything you said is so true. If you don't love that process, then you may ultimately not get the opportunity to ever love or experience the outcome. And it's like you said, things are evolving. Things are constantly changing. So if you've got your eye on that, that big end goal prize, and you're saying, you know, why not me? Why can't I get there? Then you're not going to be able to love that process. And you're not going to be able to see everything evolving around you in order to force yourself to evolve in order to make the changes that you need to make to ultimately get there. Yeah. And this is, I I mean, a hundred percent echoing what you just said is that you, you can also look at it from the perspective of, okay, even if I fail and the outcome that I want is not something that I end up getting anyway, do I still, is this something that I love doing? Right. Exactly. Like, and, and if that's an answer that you can go, yeah, I think so. Like I can, I can totally, you know, I'd be happy to do this for free. For instance, that would be the ultimate test. Are we willing to do certain things that we're doing right now for free? If the answer is yes, uh, you know, go for it. Because at the very least, at the end of the day, you get to sit down at dinner, right, with your husband, with your friends, whatever, or even on your own, and just be like, I love what I do. And no one can take that away from us, exactly. you know, nobody. And so I think when people look at even just the perspective of, okay, how do I get clients? This is such an exhausting thing, right? Or even like, how do I reach out? I don't like to put myself out there. You and I, I mean, Haley and I, we both introverts, right? So it's kind of like, but we enjoy uh, changing people's lives and we enjoy learning about what is hard for them and how we can kind of, okay, these are probably maybe some things that you can, that can help you. Like that's enjoyable to us, right? And so if we can even just own that, it becomes 
like you'll you'll you you'll have so much money you don't even know what to do with it it's just you know it's just kind of like one of those things that you know if you're looking for if you're this is also an interesting thing like if you go out shopping sometimes you don't find the things that you're looking for but when you're not precisely looking for it for that particular thing you're like oh you know this is the perfect thing you know it's exactly. just kind of one of those things yeah. Um, I remember years ago when I was still in the dating game, that was the thing too with dating is like when you're looking around for the guy, never going to find it because yep. you're so focused on it has to be this way. But then when you're not doing that and your focus is in giving, I'm here to give, you know, things will kind of come together is basically how how that that works out. And the interesting thing is like when I started this whole thing during COVID, I have like a hundred followers. I still do go check my socials everywhere. And it wasn't really like, Oh, I want to make like X, you know, it wasn't that at all. It was just like, Oh, I have these things. I always hated it when people give up because they miss just certain things. And then I share and I start sharing and that's how clients started coming in. And so it's just kind of like those interesting dynamic where you just have to love the process and if you don't love it you like the outcome find one that that works you know there are multiple roads towards one destination i love it how like people always say oh you have to do it this way you have to write a book to to be successful you have to like not really you know there's like there are multiple ways to get to canada you know you exactly can, you can yes. drive you can fly you can even walk for some people and some people have walked like just across country yeah. and made a whole story and met a ton of people and loved it right and they take that home that's theirs and um so if it's something that we don't enjoy doing uh, a, maybe it's not for, for you. B, maybe there's another way, the better way that you can do yourself to, to enjoy it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think just kind of focusing in on that part about there being different avenues to get there. You know, I, I say this a lot on the show. I, I believe with my whole heart that limited mindset creates limited results. If you are looking at someone else and you say, you are saying, okay, they did it this way. This has to be the way to do it. Then you will never possibly be, and it's like you said, you know, walking around the mall, think about if you're driving and you pass three roads that all come out at the same road, right? They all come out at the same place, but you're so focused on looking for this one specific road that you're missing what could be shortcuts, right? What could get you there faster? What could be an easier drive? Like it's that same kind of concept. If you're so focused on it has to be done this way mm -hmm. then you can't possibly see all the ways to make it your own. You can't possibly see all the ways to get there faster or, you know, get there easier or just do it a way that's better for you. Or, you know, it's like you said, you don't have to write a book to be successful. You don't have to go on podcasts to be successful. You don't have to work with clients to be successful. Like you can find a million different. Yeah. You can find a million avenues to become a six figure business or to hit, you know, 5k a month or to work with 30 clients or, I mean, whatever you want to do, there's multiple ways to get there. Yeah. And this is so true. I'm so glad that you're, you're saying that there's even millions, right? Think of like just combining different ways, right? Exactly. Um, and go, or yeah. going three steps backwards, four steps forward or whatever. There's so many ways. And I think, again, going back to looking around, 
on the socials and just the examples around us, we become so almost infatuated with how people do those things, right? And and you're just kind of like, oh, you know, how do they do that? Well, the the reason why they're able to do that is not because they're focusing on the how. It's actually because they're focusing on these other other aspects, right? And it's kind of like I use this example a lot, like when even in a bigger scale, people do this as well. And we can all everybody can do this, even if you're just starting out, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, everybody. Um, if you look at uh, uh, luxury hotels, right? Let's say that we're right now booking like luxury hotels somewhere and you scroll through their website. Usually there's like one thing that we are looking for and yep. for different people, it's different things, right? But um, usually it's usually for boutique and luxury hotels, it's usually the pool, right? Because we want to know, hey, can we use the pool? Is it something that we can kind of kick back with? And, and that's something that most people don't have in their house. So when, um, and this is years, years ago, when these hotels started noticing that they're going, oh, okay, they're coming here, not because of our expensive linens, not because of our, all these other aspects, though they're great, but turns out they really care about the swimming experience. So they go out, they go and do their market research, they go to their customers and patrons and they go, okay, so how, what are some things that you love and what are some things that you hate? And they discovered, as it turns out, there are two groups of people in their customer pool. The first one are the ones who go out to the beach and they go like, oh, this is amazing. I love, um, you know, the sand, everything. But there's like, you know, when I'm done with the, the beach and then when I'm done out in the, in the ocean, I get like all this like sand, all these things, the, the towels too far. Sometimes the, the beach is too far from my room. Right. So there are like multiple complaints. Then they go, okay, okay, interesting. And then they go to their, the, uh, the customers who love the pool. And usually with the pool, they're usually inside the hotel proper. Right. And so they go to the, to the customers who love the pool and they go, okay, so what do you love? What do you hate about it? And they go, the answers come back. You know what? We love that everything is conveniently nearby. We love that the pool is like 80 degrees, but we don't like how we're far away from the beach. We kind of want to be out there as well and kind of hear the sounds of pelicans or whatever, you know, the, the sounds of nature out there. So then the hotel, go, the hotel uh, developers and people who are in that business, they go, okay, well, how do we solve this? This, is, this seems to be a problem. And, and, and they found that they can solve it with actually just these minor, small, simple tweaks. They didn't really build a, a pool out by the beach, even though some people do, because that would be extremely expensive and highly inconvenient. And that's not quite what people want anyway. What they did is just they just extend the pool out a little bit, position it in a certain angle so that you have this perspective that, oh, you get to be swimming in the pool into the ocean horizon. And of course, that's the birth of the infinity pool. So the point of all of this is basically you can actually get to that huge goals, right? For the luxury hotels, just with those like one, it's not one meter, but like one or two, three feet adjustment in their existing floor plan, they get to charge like $500 more. It's a massive change without making massive changes right so what we can take away from this is essentially you can do specific things just small little things 
if you find out what's invaluable for other people, not just adding value. We hear this all the time. It's getting to be my pet peeve to hear like everybody always saying, always add value, always add value. Yes, that's true. But if you really, if you have like 100 followers, you know, if you have 10K, even 100,000, whatever it is in your community or 10 people, you want to find like these things that are powerful and really make a huge difference for, uh, for the people who you serve. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So much goodness out of that. I think (laughs) that's a good place to kind of wrap it up and close. I want to close on that because I want our listeners to really, you know, leave this episode thinking about, okay, what are the small steps? What are the small little things that I can do that are going to make the biggest change? Uh, Because I do think that that is what's important. You know, it's right back to that same thing we were saying, if you've got your eye on the big goal, you're not going to get there. You're not going to make it. But focusing on those little small steps, those little tiny things that are going to make the biggest change. And I think that's something that as an entrepreneur, you've got to constantly be asking yourself, right? Like what, what is the small thing I can do today? That's going to get me closer. What is a small thing I can do today? That's going to make this my own, right? And I love that example about the infinity pool. Cause I was like, I think I see where she's going with this, but, and, and you know, what's crazy about that is, you know, when somebody pitched the idea of an infinity pool, everybody else in the room probably thought they were nuts. Yes. Like everybody else in the room was like, nobody's going to want that. Nobody's going to care. Yeah. Pool, like pools are done this way. This is yeah. how pools have always been done. And now like we're, it's seeking, everywhere. We're seeking them out. Right. Like, yeah. and so it just goes to show you like, you know, yeah, like everything has kind of been done, but maybe it hasn't been done the way that you've got it in your head. Maybe you could be the, the person on the forefront of this idea, you know, and there, I don't believe there's a wrong way to do anything. I think, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship and, and that creativity and innovation, like there's no wrong way to do anything. And if we really believed that there was, then we wouldn't have 99% of the things we have now. Like electricity would not exist if that's what we really believed. So it goes right back to that perspective shift of instead of saying, well, you know, why not me? Why can't I have that? Why are you not saying, why not me? Why can't I be the person to like, I could do this. I could be the person to innovate this. I could be the person to, to lead this, this movement and to make this innovation and to do this thing. And so it just, I think it all, it really all ties together and kind of like you said, really just understanding where it's coming from to begin with, and then making that, that perspective shift, that narrative shift. Yeah, this is so true. And I love that basically when you, that you pointed out that originally when this idea started to take momentum and gain momentum, nobody bought it. And everybody was like, what, what do you mean? Like have the pool be transparent glass? Like, how is that even possible? (laughs) People will freak out, right? Like there's all these things that people will convince you that no that's not a that's a bad idea but then if you've done your research if you look closely if you're there to give for the people that you serve 
you probably have a good intuition understanding that, oh, you know what, this is really something that can be helpful for people, you know, and to your point, constantly talking to them and constantly basically going, okay, what are, what's, what are some things that are changing? What can I do today? Because it is changing, right? And so we do have to ask those, uh, those questions to, uh, to kind of accommodate, okay, this is a moving goal. This is a moving target. What can I do today to take ownership of, you know, basically taking those small steps toward getting those big leaps. And um, I do have a gift for your audience. And for those of you guys who are wanting to basically spend more time on things that matter and just kind of try to apply and adopt this infinity pool technique, you can go to goodgrowgreat.com forward slash pod females on fire 2020. And I'll share the link with Haley. So that's goodgrowgreat.com forward slash pod females on fire 2020. And I share word for word script for getting your high value clients and all of that good stuff. How I got 10 grand during a pandemic with only a hundred followers with grace and all of these things. And you guys will have fun. Perfect. Yes. And we'll put that on all in the show notes as well. So you guys can hop on over there and grab that. Cause I think that's going to be really helpful in making, you know, those small steps and, and keeping your, your focus on those baby steps that really matter. So since it is the end of the episode, I want to dive into the rapid fire round. If you're ready, <laughs> it's just a couple quick questions to close out the show, have a little fun. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do Let's it. Do it. <laughs> I'm scared. You shouldn't be scared. Don't be scared. They're just fun. They're just fun. Okay. What is one part of your morning routine that you really, really love? Right now for me is definitely my morning walks. And I didn't used to take morning walks, but of course, after COVID, it's become a necessity yep. to just get out of the house, get out there. And I do it rain or shine, even when it's like... 20 degrees out. And it's, it's kind of become one of those things that if I get to do this, then I, everything about the day will be easier. And it's true. Like today it's like not very warm and I have to bundle up and I come back and I feel like, okay, I can do this. So it. yeah, go outside. <laughs> yes. Go outside. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. What is the last book that you read? Ooh, okay. So right now, I'm actually just this morning, I'm dipping into Jerry Seinfeld's new book. And if you haven't seen it, it's called Is This Anything? I can't believe like we're giving him pre free promo right now. <laughs> but it's called Is This Anything? And it's a collection of all of his jokes that he had for years written on these like yellow notepads, right? Because Jerry's from what, 60s or 70s. And of course, now he still has a career. And what I love about that is that you see the rigor and you kind of see how much it actually takes to make something good. Like he actually mentioned that one of his jokes took him two years to write. And a joke is like one or two pages. So two years he was writing that joke. But of course, he is one of the best comedians out there in the world. So you really kind of, again... Uh, are reminded, okay, these are those small steps. These are the daily, day-to-day. He loves doing this, and that's why the outcome to him doesn't matter. And it so happens that because he loves it so much, the outcome is just this prolific, just beautiful, wonderful career. And he's given us so much laughter and all this fun, fun things. And, um, but yeah, that, the book is amazing. The jokes I are amazing. As well. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I love how excited you got when I was like, what's the last book you read? And you were like, oh, I, I got a good yeah. one. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love books that get you that excited. So that's cool. 
<laughs> All right. What is one thing that you are looking forward to in this next season? So business or personal, your choice, but something that you're looking forward to. You know what I've, and this is uh, something that I've been doing as well. And I look forward to continue to doing this. I mean, I know that I have, I mean, I have a couple of kids and so finding time for them in the past had been a little bit difficult, but with just kind of this global universal, everybody hanging out at home and everyone working remotely or whatnot, it's just kind of given me the permission to spend more time with them, which I think is important whether or not you have kids like if you have a hobby interest something that's kind of in the back burner right there's always that thing that you're like i haven't had time to do this reading was one of it for me you know i've never had time to start a, a book from from start to finish after college i mean who has the time but now you get to kind of dive back into kind of having this long uninterrupted time to discover certain things and have that kind of brain activity and ideation process, which I absolutely love. I yeah. love that. I love that so much. Yeah. I love that perspective shift of just trying to find the positive, you know, like, yeah, Hey, this is, this is what's happening. Here's me trying to find the positive and, and make it work. Right. I love yeah. it. What is one tool or resource that you use in your business that you want to recommend to everybody? Yeah, and I I speak very uh, very loudly about this uh, on on various podcasts and to other people. Um, I mean, obviously, another book recommend a book set. I would say it's not even just one book. A book set that I would recommend all business owners get um, is Ryan Holiday, and I'm sure some a lot of people already are familiar with Ryan. But I think what we underestimate about his writing is that he took literally what most people associate with like, you know, boring professor in some, you know, collector's edition library forgotten place somewhere. And he put everything into a place where we can understand it easily and we can apply it easily to our lives. And that's not easy. So I, because I remember like even just over the course of the years, cause I'm a bit of a nerd. I love reading as you can tell is that I'm like, oh my gosh, this book is, I'm sure the topic is so good, but this is so hard to digest. Right. So whenever somebody gives something to you in like 200 pages and say, it's just $12, I mean, that's an easy, an easy yes, you know? So that whole set though, if, if that's um, your only purchase for your business, easy. That's an easy answer. I love yeah. it. Great recommendation. Yeah. Everybody needs to go check that out for sure. All right. Last rapid fire question. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? I love how like these rapid fire questions are <laughs> like, it's a lengthy answer. That's good. No, I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> it's like, it's like, wow, this is kind of like, these are deep questions that'll take like <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> um, so there are lots of really good advices and I, it's kind of like trying to pick your favorite kid, which you can't, um, or picking your favorite food, which I mean, you know, hamburgers or ice cream. I love them both. Can I have both? <laughs> you know? so, for me, uh, the best advice, one of the best advices that I've, I've ever received has probably got to be, gosh, I really don't want to like, oh, I'm having a hard time picking from, from all of my, my heroes. But um, I have to say it's probably to 
and this is this came from when I worked as an architect. I was working with a, a renowned architect. It's one of the big five, uh, New York's big five architect, and he said that you only need to take something uh, and push the limit by just a little bit to make a difference. Mm. And I thought that was interesting that he was kind of sharing that perspective. I mean, it kind of really built upon the foundations of some of my, you know, what I believe in and, and how I run my business too, as you can probably tell. But, um, you know, his, his advice on you don't have to, yes, of course, the idea of not reinventing the wheel is good, but it's better to improve the wheel. Right. You know, don't do the exact same thing that other people are doing. And it goes back to what you and I have been talking about, Haley, was that there are a million ways to do it. If you found even just one, two, three ways that just kind of push the envelope just a tad, your business will just thrive. It would just be the most absolutely beautiful thing that you've ever created. And people will love you for it. They will come and they would just line up. And it's just... So just kind of having that understanding that um, it doesn't have to be this big, massive changes. I love it. Yeah. I love how much that ties back into what we were talking about. That's yeah. awesome. Very good advice. Very good tie-in. I love it. You know, focus on just doing what you can with what you have and, and making those small steps, those little changes, those little tweaks to make it your own and do it your way. I love it. Totally. All right, Talia, tell everybody where they can find you. Where do you hang out on the internet? Where do you want them to go? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can go to, of course, if you want to download the gift that I wanted to share with you, you can go to goodgrowgreat.com forward slash pod females on fire 2020. You can also check me out on my podcast, the Good Grow Great podcast, wherever you can find it. But of course, uh, follow and subscribe Haley first. And because we have shared values and uh, shared understanding of what's important. So awesome. And we will put all of that in the show notes. So again, head over there. You can find all of these amazing ways to connect with Talia and give her a follow, follow along, subscribe, and hear all of this amazing wisdom daily. Talia, thank you so, so much for joining me on the show, for sharing some wisdom. I love this other perspective on the why not me topic. Um, and I think you shared some really great insights, some serious value here for how our listeners can really get motivated to focus on those small steps, do things their own way and, and all of that. So I just appreciate your time and want to say thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Haley. This has been so much fun. I love it. That's it for this time. Don't forget to head over to the show notes at femalesonfirepodcast.com to grab bonus content from our guests, support the show, or grab your Females on Fire swag. If you loved this episode, give us a quick shout out on Instagram by tagging at Females on Fire. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday for a brand new episode to keep you fired up for those big dreams.